Hey everybody, we're going to get to the WWE podcast in just a minute with my hour and a half conversation with Ashley Mann on the Elimination Chamber and subsequent potential WrestleMania matches that have not yet been announced. And it was a very, as always, I mean, what else am I going to say? Because it's true. Amazing conversation with Ashley as she got me way more excited about Elimination Chamber than I ever thought I would be because of the just lack of star power and it doesn't seem like a very strong card. But we ended up pumping ourselves up for the uh, for the pay-per-view tomorrow night. And uh, it, it's a great conversation. You get to hear our predictions. Again, WrestleMania is involved. We even talk about Otis and Mandy and where that could be going. Um, and at the end, we have a, a bit of a rant on our WWE production sins that uh, they just continue to commit year after year after year. I mean, this stuff's been going on for 20 years, and we cover that at the very end of the show. So we're going to get it all started right after this. Welcome to the WWE Podcast. The most passionate and authentic wrestling analysis on the web. We've got you covered with every Raw, SmackDown, and NXT show. Giving you a no-bullshit opinion. We know you love wrestling. We do, too. So let's get this show underway. And that's the bottom line. What? Just Stone Cold Simpson! WWE podcast on this Saturday, March 7th, 2020. Elimination Chamber comes your way tomorrow night from Philadelphia. And when you look at that card, boy oh boy does it look underwhelming, doesn't it? It just looks as if you're getting the B team, right? It looks as if you are getting the shaft of WWE, the leftovers of of their uh, of what they could put together for a pay-per-view feels like a very glorified smackdown or raw doesn't it well ashley and i are going to change that opinion of yours as we uh, roll on because we changed our own opinions of it and that's how i know we hopefully will have the opportunity to change yours and get you more excited than you may otherwise be as you look at this card and go yeah it's got some you know some Good stars, some big stars on it, but nothing that blows you away. I mean, you don't even know what the main event is, right? You look at this and go, what could be the main event? Well, we answer that question as well. We speculate on WrestleMania matches as we book ourselves into excitement to WrestleMania, as we always seem to do on this show. And it's it's always just, it's really great to have her on the show. She's, uh, she's just very well-spoken, knowledgeable. I mean, up and down the list, she checks all the boxes and, uh, it's great to have her on the show and, and have such a long conversation that feels like 10 minutes. So we cover in depth, in depth, WrestleMania. Well, as much as WrestleMania as we can, we touch on Goldberg. You get her opinion on that edge, Orton, Beth Phoenix. Uh, if Rousey's going to show up, if Undertaker's going to show up, uh, you know, Drew McIntyre is booking so far, Otis and Mandy, where that could be going. And uh, it, it's just, I mean, up and down the card here. So I think it's, it's a conversation you'll enjoy. I did. And I know that you guys enjoy Ashley. And uh, you, you will definitely like this conversation. If you like long-form audio and you like podcasts that run more than 10, 12, you know, 15 minutes, this is certainly going to be the show for you. 
um, as uh, we really ran long. And I, 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 I sometimes I feel bad because I know I'm rambling about wrestling and I know that, you know, we all have lives and I, I just feel bad for sometimes keeping her longer than she, she may otherwise uh, want to. So I appreciate her taking the time out of her evening to come and chat with us as we get closer and closer to WrestleMania, boy. We are only, what, uh, friggin' 20-some days away? It's insanity that we are four weeks away from WrestleMania 36 from Tampa, Florida, of which I will not be attending, which is unfortunate because I would have loved to. Um, and so it's really something I would have loved to have gone to, but I have other commitments that I am doing instead of WrestleMania. Uh, but I know that it'll be a great show. I'm sure that it's going to be one that's going to... Uh, be memorable for sure it's going to be long as hell as we all know wrestlemania is so but anyway we're here to talk elimination chamber we're here to talk about what could be set up for wrestlemania this is really a setup it has potential to blow things out of the water and, and that's a good thing in terms of wrestling quality and we get into all of that but first if this is your first time joining us thank you this is the unofficial wwe podcast as we come to you seven times a week and uh, I'm not kidding. There's a lot of audio on this feed, and I have some great co-hosts who dedicate their time and effort to making this show a success. So first and foremost, I want to thank all of my co-hosts, all of my other hosts that uh, are making this show is or what it is today. And um, you know, obviously the listeners who continue to grow and uh, support the show. So you can follow me on Twitter, which is the best way. And you'll be able to follow me throughout the entire pay-per-view tomorrow at the WWE podcast and you can hit my up hit my wwepodcast.com website up if you want to check out the website that was newly renovated this past summer and um, check that out and we're going to continue to make that a, a little bit more of a platform a usable platform as well um, and add some things there but before we get to that conversation with Ashley, I want to do the segment that is brand new here and where you guys send in audio, questions, comments, whatever, to me at realwwepodcast at gmail.com and I answer them live on the air. So let's get to that. And by the way, you can do so as well. Just send me your voicemail or uh, whatever you whatever format that you'd like to my real WWE podcast at gmail.com address, and I will answer your question on the air. And this time we have Josh Gumble who sends us this question on the road. Hey Matt, just wanted to get your opinion and thoughts on something. Um, on the show, you're constantly talking about how WrestleMania is getting longer and longer, you know, and it's a five, six, sometimes seven hour show. Um, it feels like including with the pre-show. Um, and what I was thinking the other day was why is WrestleMania taking so long why why is the show so long and I was looking at the cards and I really think it's because of how many championships WWE now has on its on its roster um this year at Wrestlemania we're expecting around eight plus championships total to be defended um and I was kind of wondering like is that the reason why Wrestlemania is just now taking so long um, it doesn't really leave a lot of time for the, the singles matches or the or the gimmick matches. Um, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Thanks. Hey, Josh. So, uh, great question. And so, I, I have talked about this a couple of times. And it, it is worth discussing because as we get closer to WrestleMania, as we all love WrestleMania, we all clamor for it as wrestling fans. It is the Super Bowl of wrestling. Um and as we get closer, we also simultaneously dread the length of the event. We all go, oh, it's going to be great, but, 
right? We all just, we have to strap in for a seven hour event. I mean, you've got the pre-show and all that and, and all the, the pop and circumstance that surrounds WrestleMania that has become now a just multi-day event. And so I, I think that the, the reason it's a much longer show than it used to be is twofold. Number one, yes, they have more championships, which is why they showcase those championships at WrestleMania to have them defended. They also have multi-person matches and and have gimmick matches that I think are not necessary because WWE's philosophy has changed to everyone gets a jersey, everyone gets a participation trophy uh, at WrestleMania time, everyone gets the opportunity to get out there in front of the audience and I am of the belief that it doesn't need to be that way. And WWE um, has obviously does not agree. And we've had the stadium pay-per-views for quite a while now, which is when it kind of seemed to transform into this just insanely unnecessarily long event, of which it really just is a law of diminishing returns where more is not better, right? There is a certain point, a, a probably a measurable point in which that the more thing where WWE just is giving us more and more and more actually just becomes less and less and less. Um, and so when you have this mentality though, of, of everyone gets a participation trophy and gets to participate at WrestleMania, uh, you know, that goes against what every other sport in the history of sports uses as their format for the biggest event of the year. Look at the world series, look at the super bowl, look at the NBA finals, look at the Stanley cup in hockey. Are are, are you know does everyone get a chance to be there no only the best of the best get to be there and with wrestlemania instead of just the best of the best getting to be there it's are you on the team ah, well guess what you get to be there and it's just making the show unnecessarily long it's also i think bringing back uh, or, or or creating a lack of competitiveness among the the, stu- the superstars because you know eventually you're just going to get an opportunity to be on the card and you're going to be at WrestleMania. And for some guys and gals who may be a little complacent, that's enough for them where they just go, "Eh, well, it's WrestleMania time. I'll get in the battle Royal or something like that. And instead of encouraging their stars to work their asses off to get on the show and earn a spot on the show, you would think that their biggest event of the entire year would be their most coveted, that it would be their most, uh, their most difficult to get on as WWE star. And the answer is no, it's actually the easiest to get on. And WWE has conditioned their fans that they, they know that it's going to be a long event. And we, you know, we, we've kind of come to accept that. And so that's part one. Part two of why I think it is, is because WWE likes to make sure that their stockholders and shareholders know that WWE fans are, uh, are, are streaming the network more than ever. So I think the, 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 sh- the show is actually probably going to get longer rather than shorter because they get to report to their stockholders that look how long the, the fans have watched the network and how long they watch WrestleMania. But it's skewing the number that they report because their show is longer. And they know fans are going to watch WrestleMania because it's their biggest event. And it's become a, a rite of passage for wrestling fans and, and for casual fans that pop in once a year to see what's going on when it's cool to watch wrestling once a year. And they, they get to just tell all these, you know, the, 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 the shareholders on, on wall street, well, look, look at our network watch numbers are up. 
Well, they're up because you had the most number of people watching WrestleMania because it's your biggest event, and you subsequently made it a long event. Not that they're watching more content. You just had a longer event that you know fans are going to watch skew the numbers. So I think it's a Wall Street-driven um, analytic that they're trying to artificially inflate, and I also think it's a, a, a management Everyone gets a jersey mentality in short. So how about that for an explanation? Thanks so much for your question, Josh. Alrighty, let's get to the conversation with Ashley as we cover Elimination Chamber and all of the things in between. And I think you guys are going to enjoy this. Just so you know that my schedule the rest of the week, well, it's tomorrow's the new week, but don't forget to turn your clocks ahead uh, if you didn't already do so, as Daylight Savings is tonight. But... Uh, the rest of the week is going to go as follows with WrestleMania with uh, the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view taking place tomorrow night. I'm going to be doing a review show Monday. So that's a bit of a, a change up. And then, of course, Tuesday will be the uh, the uh, Raw review. Wednesday, I'm a bit up in the air. I may or may not do a show Wednesday. If I don't, it's going to be a retro wrestling nostalgia show where I pull a wrestling nostalgia show from the vault. And then uh, Thursdays, your AEW NXT reviews. And then, of course, we get right into the wrap-up and weekly reviews um, as well. So uh, that'll be taking place on Sunday with uh, my co-host as we discuss the fallout of Elimination Chamber, SmackDown, and Raw. So that'll be coming your way. So, yeah, boy, uh, it just doesn't stop here. The wrestling content, the wrestling audio just continues to get pumped out. And that's not just because of me. This is really in large part due to the great cast of of uh, team members that we have here at the WWE Podcast and because of really all of you who love to listen to wrestling audio. So, alrighty, I'll take a breath. You guys take a breath. And let's get into my conversation with Ashley as we cover the Elimination Chamber. Elimination Chamber is tomorrow night, and that means it's preview and prediction show. And what the hell would a preview and prediction show be without Ashley Mann? And it just seems to happen every single time. And next time we meet, it will unfortunately not be a WrestleMania preview show. We'll be a week before it, but we'll still be able to... We'll have the entire WrestleMania card, so we can we can just continue on with our uh, our our just have to happen type of show of previewing the pay per view. So Ashley, welcome back. It's awesome to have you here. It is so great to be back. Thank you for having me, Matt. And yeah, I'm ready to talk Elimination Chamber or what could be Elimination Chamber. Little, very little hype going into the show, so you kind of forget that hey, there's even a pay per view tomorrow. And, you know, you, you said it before we hit record, like this feels like a pay-per-view that doesn't need to happen. It feels kind of like, well, it's on the schedule. Let's see what's going on and basically throw the matches that could happen on Raw or SmackDown on the show. It, it doesn't feel like a whole lot of star power. It feels very underwhelming. Um, you know, that's that's not really a shot at WWE, considering they just had the Saudi Arabia show with Super Showdown and WrestleMania is four weeks away. So uh, it is what it is. But this while we all have the bar set so low, I think that has this gives this the opportunity to in WWE, the opportunity to really blow us out of the water with maybe some great matches. And, and really, it's wrestling quality that I'm looking at here. And what about you? Are you as a whole? Are you looking to this pay per view for anything specific? No, and even though there really hasn't been too too much hype in my opinion going into it, I still think it'll be a decent and solid show. I think, like for instance, Alistair Black and AJ Styles. I think that should be a pretty good match, and I'm interested to see what they do with that story. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of talking points coming out of it. It's just. 
I just feel like an elimination chamber type of pay per view should be almost like the culmination of certain feuds, just with the type of match that it is, or maybe just have a little bit more hype going into it and actually feel like there's a purpose for having a chamber match in and of itself. And this year, I think more than any other years for me, it just feels like something that was that they just have to do just because they it's it's on the calendar. You know what I mean? That's what this is. I mean, that's a good way to put it. And a lot of these matches, well, two of them that have a chamber attached to them, don't feel like they deserve the chamber to be attached to them. I mean, this is, as I say, every single time that they have the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, it just happens to be whatever's going on at the time is deserving of the cell. And I totally disagree. I do not like the pay-per-views being built around gimmicks. To me, that, you know, I've said this before, but... These types of of matches should be reserved for the hottest of feuds, the biggest of blowoffs. It shouldn't. It just doesn't feel special when you put these types of pay per views on a just kind of a cycle of the yearly calendar of pay per views. So, I mean, we've got two two matches in the chamber, and yeah, they have a, the potential to really exceed expectations. And and I'm looking forward to them. And it just, I don't know. I'm not a fan of of the gimmicks driving the what matches should be in them instead of the matches and the programs driving when the chamber and the cell should be used. Right. And and speaking of that, what do you think is going to be the main event? Unless they've officially announced <laughs> it and I, I missed that. That's so funny. <laughs> I was going to ask you the same thing. So based on WWE logic, they're going to spread these two elimination chamber matches as far apart as they possibly can. Meaning one is probably going to open the show. One's probably going to close the show. That would tell me that who's going to open the show is probably the tag team uh, elimination match in the chamber, and what's going to close it is probably the women. As predictable as that match may look, uh, I would say that there is some un- there's some unpredictability, particularly post match. And you know, while I don't think 80% of the women in there are deserving of even having this opportunity, based on their win loss records and what they've been doing really in the past six months to a year, um, I-, I think this has the potential to really showcase Shayna Baszler in a way that maybe we haven't seen before. And maybe those that haven't watched NXT before, um, you, you know, you may get more of an education on, on Shayna Baszler. And I don't think I'm really burying the lead here with who I think and what 99.9% of fans think or who's going to win that. So I think to answer your question, it's probably going to be the women that end up main eventing in the chamber. What about you? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you there. I, I was kind of, Tori, I, I could kind of make a case if they flip-flopped it, but no, I agree with you 100%. I think the, the women should main event it. I mean, because that honestly is the biggest story matched for the, the lineup tomorrow, so it just makes sense. It it does. It, 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 it is the biggest match. You can't have the tag team match end the show. It may be, in terms of wrestling quality, it might be higher if you just look at only the wrestling, but story, it has to be the women. Not that yeah. anyone in the chamber particularly interests me in terms of who's feuding with who. It's clearly Shayna and Becky who are the overarching program on Raw, but it's it's more of the women's championship superseding the tag team championship. So, um, yeah, and, and we'll get into our predictions and what could possibly make this a at least slightly unpredictable outcome or at least post-match shenanigans, which I have some thoughts on. So before we get into the predictions, I just want kind of a your general thoughts since it's been some time since we've spoken and it just feels like so much has happened every single time. And obviously in Mania season, that's magnified. 
What do you think of Goldberg winning the United or the United States, the Universal Championship uh, from Bray Wyatt, the Fiend? I, I really wanted your opinion on this, and now that you had some time to to digest it, and not it didn't just happen. What do you think? Do you agree? What, what could be happening here? I I really wanted to know. Man, that that's the question, right? Now, for all wrestling fans, the past what two weeks, like, what what do you think about the Goldberg decision? Um, it's it's interesting. I kind of when we last talked, I we kind of had a feeling and and discussed the possibility of Goldberg winning. Um, I I I wasn't surprised by. I, all right, so I, I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised. I was surprised in the manner that it happened, meaning I didn't necessarily see a squash coming. Um, and, I, you know, I have heard people say, oh, well, at least he no-sold the jackhammer, if that's what you want to call suplex, that. Suplex, you mean. Vertical suplex, suplex yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> um, you know, people say that he, yeah, he took the three count, but he got right back up and, and all that stuff. And, and yeah, honestly, I think we all can agree that he didn't really need the title and yeah he probably should have they found they should have found a way to get it off of him but I don't know I it I just can't the squash is what it's getting me right like if they even would have gone five to ten minutes and he would have gotten some more offense in I just think it would have set better with me personally like I, I get the decision behind it and I I guess maybe part of me is happy that he is no longer champion because that was kind of weighing him down in a sense for his character which is kind of crazy to think about, but I just, I don't, I don't like how they squashed him. I don't, I don't like how they handled it. I just feel like his character meant more and the whole hype behind it and the fact that that was his first loss. And I don't know, like it just, and then it makes you think about like all the guys that he beat, right? Like Seth, like he kicked out of how many curb stomps, like everyone's finishers. And then he takes a few moves or a few spears from Goldberg and a vertical suplex and he's done. So I don't know. I'm sure it'll lead to a great story between him and John Cena and a, a pretty good, a decent match at WrestleMania. And I'm sure, and I'll be there for it. And I'm and I'm excited to see the match. And I'm I'm happy that you know, like I said, he is no longer the t- the champion because at least that's not weighing him down anymore. But man, I just kind of wish they win it about it a different way. Yeah. Um. Oh. Initially. I was extremely angry, and I think most fans are angry based on, hey, this is Goldberg, a guy that's a WCW guy that is a one-trick pony or two-trick pony if you look at his two finishing maneuvers. Doesn't even throw punches or kicks anymore. Um, I was extremely angry that they would do this to a guy that is the hottest guy that they've had and an organically created guy that they've had in 10 years. And as time goes on, I'm starting to soften my opinion, and... I, I think it's because when you look at the star power of Goldberg, it is bigger than The Fiend. It just is. WrestleMania is about selling tickets. Um, I think it is also all about Roman Reigns in this decision. Because if it's always about Roman, and it always seems to be at the end of the day, Roman Reigns is going to get a better reaction against Goldberg, the guy that WWE know the fans are going to perceive as the guy that's a part-time guy, is extremely limited in the ring, and the fans are annoyed that this part-time 54-year-old man is coming in and taking the belt off a guy that was on a hot streak and one of the, the, the hottest gimmicks that WWE has had. And so Roman Reigns against Goldberg has a much better chance of getting cheered then does Roman Reigns versus The Fiend that we all thought was coming for months 
months and months and months. Because I think if that had happened and they were going to anoint Roman Reigns as champion in at WrestleMania, the WWE fans probably would have revolted or given a much more negative reaction instead of Goldberg, which we know is going to be a very quick match. And I, once I saw Spear versus Spear as a possibility, I got very nervous, and sure enough, they went that way. But if you're talking about pure star power, I understand why they did it. Goldberg versus Roman Reigns is a bigger marquee at WrestleMania than The Fiend versus Roman Reigns. And to your point as well, The Fiend was being weighed down. I actually didn't like him as champion. I didn't like when he won the championship, especially the way he won it. Um, and the whole conundrum that was Hell in a Cell that continues to haunt uh, Bray Wyatt, but to a lesser degree. Uh, I never felt that the, he needed the belt. His character is about vengeance. He's not about winning championships yet. And it felt way too soon. Um, and that, that was extremely damaging with Seth, as we all know. But to me, it's all about Roman Reigns because he was going to drop the belt. At, it looks like at uh, WrestleMania anyway, and they'd rather have Goldberg drop it to get a more positive reaction for Roman Reigns. All roads lead to Roman. When in doubt, just go to Roman Reigns. I mean, that just seems to be the way WWE has operated the last six years. Yeah, and it, and especially with that being the end piece, being Roman as champion at, at WrestleMania, that this is the best option. For both sides, you know, Roman doesn't have to be anywhere near the Fiend because we all know that he would most likely get booed, even if they are in Florida, against the Fiend. And the Fiend doesn't have to lose at WrestleMania, and the Fiend can have his WrestleMania moment, which he deserves. So, in a sense, you have to kind of look at it as, do we want him to go to WrestleMania against Roman Reigns and lose? Or do we want him to go to WrestleMania against John Cena and finally have that WrestleMania moment that he deserves, you know, and which would benefit his character more going forward? So, yeah, like I the whole Super Showdown does not sit well with me and the whole idea that we can't even acknowledge it like not even 24 hours afterwards Besides just saying it doesn't matter what happened last, it's about what happens next and things like that. Like, that is the stuff that kind of bothers me. At least just tie a bow around it, you know? Like, have show a video package, have Goldberg address it specifically, or have The Fiend address it. Just say, just however you want them to address it and just move on. Um, so, I don't know. That that kind of doesn't sit well with me. But, yeah, I'm happy we're at least out of that situation and we can at least go forward knowing that, we don't have to worry about the Fiend and Roman Reigns, at least for right now. Exactly. And it, with him as champion, with uh, the Fiend as champion, it limits your potential pool of candidates. Now with that weight off of him, and I hate to call that Universal Championship, the top belt on SmackDown, a weight. But for his character, it was a big weight that was just kind of keeping him in a very select uh, pool of guys that you could work with. Now the Fiend has been unleashed per se and can just do anything he wants which is what his character is best at that's the unpredictability we're looking for and we all saw reigns let's just get to roman reigns let's get to roman reigns and they didn't do it that match is going to happen maybe at SummerSlam, and it should be on a big stage and you know what i'm looking forward to that match when it happens i think it's a it's going to be an intriguing match that they've now kept them apart at wrestlemania season so now you're going to be wondering when are they going to finally get to that program so I'm, this is a honestly, I think a good decision. Even if the, the the decision was at the time to put Goldberg as champion, it's kind of a a just a necessary sacrifice, as Bray Wyatt tweeted out. It's true 
that he said it's the sacrifice, a necessary sacrifice. And I, I totally agree now after a couple of weeks of allowing this to sit and not just you know outright get pissed off about it. Uh, so I think this is seriously the best thing that could have happened. Uh, as crazy as that may sound with Goldberg as champion, I understand it. And I think this is going to be the best possible WrestleMania. And you talk about The Fiend versus John Cena. Yeah, they have a good story to pull from, too, from, what, six years ago with John Cena and The Fiend. What happened at WrestleMania 30, we all know. Which they already yeah. started uh, planting the seeds and showing a quick recap of that from this past uh, Friday Night SmackDown. Yes, they did. And, and I like how they pulled from history because we all said that was the really the, uh, the 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 knife in his heart of his character and they, they almost word for word pretty much said that yeah if if you go back and and watch the video package they he pretty much said that this is where Bray Wyatt started the downfall and that started his downward spiral into the fiend and if it wasn't for John Cena beating him at WrestleMania or the perception is that if John Cena didn't beat him at WrestleMania then the fiend wouldn't even exist today which is interesting to think about if if he really put some thought into it and it probably is true yeah you know? think about that and yeah like that decision Six years ago has led to this amazing character that I think is just going to get better now that the championship is off him. I don't want him in the championship picture for a while. Like, I could deal with it for, like, months, like, six months or more. I'm fine with him just going crazy and, like, having a reign of terror. You never know who he's going to attack or what he's going to do. So, yeah, I mean, you could say the same thing for Rusev, honestly, too, when he faced uh, John Cena at WrestleMania, and we all said, yeah. uh, you know, and since that time, Rusev's never been the same after his undefeated streak was broken. So, um, yeah, John Cena does have this mythical golden shovel that he just continues. <laughs> I mean, it's it's creative, and I'm sure John Cena has a small hand in it. As he, you know, John Cena makes light of it himself that he has this mythical golden shovel, but he kind of does, whether he wants to admit it advertently or not. So... All right, well, I just wanted to, to get your opinion on that as we roll into this pay-per-view. Not that anything is going to happen for either guy at the pay-per-view, I don't believe. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about before we get into predictions is this whole Randy Orton-Edge saga. I have to, because if it's it's not on the pay-per-view, so i got to ask you. I know that you and I, and I gave you credit for weeks of coming up with how cool would it be if Beth Phoenix comes out there and Randy Orton RKO's her. And lo and behold... A week ago, we were told Beth Phoenix is going to be on Raw for the medical update on Edge. And we all saw the RKO coming, and here we go. Uh, I don't know if you have some kind of creative pull in WWE, but that was a great call. It, it was, I, I loved, I, and I'll just, my quick thing is I love what they've been doing so far. I'd give this like an A, uh, not A+, plus, but probably A, a solid A uh, grade on this whole thing. I'm loving this. And as you know, Edge is returning this Monday. So, and Austin's returning next Monday. Maybe we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, what do you think about this whole thing so far? How do you, you liking it? Oh, I'm loving it. I am so happy with how this past Monday turned out, which it sounds crazy. But I, I just love with what they're doing with Randy Orton's character. And, and I'm happy we finally got a somewhat of an explanation, even though it's so crazy to think about, like, if for in his mind that what he said to us makes sense. But if you think about it, it, it it kind of oddly enough does like he in his mind, he wanted to injure Edge before he could injure himself even worse in a potential match. So and it's just if you think about it, that's kind of what like the most psychotic people out in the world think, right? Like they think that the harm that they're causing is good because they're actually saving you. So it's interesting 
it's an interesting twist that they're taking with on with this story. So I just love what we've been getting out of Randy Orton and kudos to him because he's been the one carrying this story for the past, what, month now, over a month. So and because Edge is just now finally returning this Monday. So I'm curious to see how they have his return set up and if they're going to actually have Edge and Randy Orton interact, which I don't think they should. I think especially since they announced it well in advance, I think they should have Edge come back, start the show, maybe be in a neck brace or some type of, I, I think at this point he has to be in a neck brace. Um, so have him come out. But I think Randy Orton needs to not be there. I think he needs to be there via satellite just to have another small dig at Edge and just kind of rub it in. Because um, obviously if, if Randy Orton and Edge are both there face-to-face, how can Edge not physically assault him, you know, with all that Randy Orton has done, especially to Beth. So I just think they need to keep Randy Orton as far away from the building on Monday as possible to keep this uh, playing out as, as long as they can, because I don't think these two should be face to face until WrestleMania. Um, but again, I, I love what they're doing. Randy Orton is so good right now. And, and like we all said, when he is motivated by something and when he has something of substance that he can actually stick his teeth into, uh, no pun intended, um, you get the best Randy Orton. And I'm just so here for it. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. I am too. This is, you could argue, the best work of his career. I mean, yeah. uh, on the mic, just every, he's, he's put it together. He is, you know, for years, he was just kind of the legacy star on SmackDown. He was, he, he was just the star power that was there that you never thought was going to really get another shot at the, the top spot. But, you know, occasionally poke, poke himself in. If he holds the belt, it's going to be for you know a brief amount of time. He never did anything really that stood out. When you think about Randy Orton's career beyond this, tell me another thing he's done. Burn down Bray Wyatt's house in the woods. I mean, like outside of that, like I don't even know the last things, significant things he's done in the last five, six years. Um, so, yes, and, and I'm loving this as well. I think the RKO on Beth was uh, expected. Uh, I love how Byron Saxton called him an SOB and, and, and meant it. Uh, that was pretty funny hearing him actually swear like that on TV. Uh, I, I think the, uh, the the only small critique I would make, I mean, this is small, but if you were going to, to me, maximize the heat on Randy, yes, the RKO gets some heat, but the crowd was chanting for it. The crowd knew it was coming. They actually wanted to see it in kind of some kind of sick way. I think it would have been a little bit more effective if, it was an unprovoked RKO instead of having her slap Randy and then kick him. And then in response, he gives her an RKO. I would have rather have her say, you know, like basically or like I mean, if she was going to walk away yes. or something like that, like have him swing her around in a and then more hit her. cowardly way. Yeah. Where, like he was going to leave the ring and then hits her with something like that. And then did the Stephanie McMahon deal where he like kisses her on the face or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. but hey, I mean that to me, that's how I would have booked it. Maybe they didn't want it for sponsor reasons that it was an unprovoked attack, a man on female attack. And I maybe that's some of the reason, um, but to me that would have maximized it. The other the other thing, small hole in the logic is, well, Randy comes out. I loved his speech. It was if you want to take a promo class, I mean, you could just watch that and his cadence, the way he delivered it, the believability. His sick logic, his twisted logic of trying to turn this and and really put the responsibility on Beth Phoenix for what happened. Not he didn't do it. It was her fault that he had to do this to protect Edge from himself. The only thing again is that he said, 
I'm going to basically, I have to break Edge's neck to protect Edge from breaking his neck. Like, right. <laughs> it's like, well, uh, I mean, so you have to, why didn't you, you know, I don't know, break his leg or something like that. The logic there was a small hole that it's like, well, you're protecting him from something that you just did to him. So, I mean, that's the only thing I could critique about it. But I mean, other than that, all of that has been overshadowed by great performances by Randy, uh, just monumental heat with Matt Hardy, his performances as well. And now you get an RKO on Beth Phoenix. They hit the crescendo of heat. And I totally agree with Edge coming. Coming back on Monday, I would like to see Randy either a like you said via satellite, or if he's there, a just a swarm of security protecting him from uh, Edge, and he'll frame it as well. This is not to protect me; this is to protect you, Edge, because I'll come mm-hmm. in, you know. And so to me, it's either that I don't want. I honestly don't want Edge to get to Randy as much as people want to see it. That's the whole point. I'm right. okay with waiting until WrestleMania for this, and I can't wait. And at this point, we're only a month away. Like, Randy has carried it this far. Like, you, you can wait just four more weeks, you know, before anything physical. I know, but I, I'm totally with you. And fans are going to start to get really impatient, and, and that's that's what we're looking for. That's, that's what, what I want. want yeah. But yeah. people aren't used to getting that. And WWE yeah. sometimes gets in their own way with their booking. To me, the best thing to do is keep these two apart. Maybe, maybe, maybe in the final Raw, it's it's advertised that both men are in the building and they're going to have you know security surrounding the ring, maybe police in the ring, and they're going to have like a contract signing or uh, some kind of like face to face that they'd love to advertise for the final Raw. And maybe there's a quick brawl that ends up in a stalemate. But I don't want Edge getting a spear on Randy. I don't want Edge. Yeah. I don't want oh. Edge doing anything like that. So um, yeah, I'm I can't wait. And then what is your quick thought on Austin coming back the following Monday on three sixteen? Is I mean I would assume a stunner and some beers in in order, but. I don't even know what he's back for. They haven't really specified. Dude, I have no idea, but I'm 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 excited for it. It's I didn't even put the pieces together when they said three sixteen. I was like, wait, what? I was like, oh crap, that's so true. That because I don't think they've ever had him come back and celebrate this before, unless I'm completely overlooking it. But yeah, I have no idea. I don't know if this means he may be involved in WrestleMania somehow, or if it is just a one night celebration type of thing, maybe just a pop a rating or whatever the case may be. But Whatever the reason, hey, I, I love seeing Austin, so I'm not complaining one bit. No, and I actually did some – I did like Google Maps to see if I could actually drive there. It's in it's in Pittsburgh, so uh, oh, it's like an eight-hour drive for me. It would not make any sense. I, I just yeah. – yeah, I thought about it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so Austin there, obviously someone's getting stunned, I hope, with some beer. But I would think that it's so close to WrestleMania time, the biggest time of the year for WWE, that somebody – it would advance an angle. I don't think Austin's going to live in this bubble of just coming out and just, you know, some no name low tier heel comes out and he gets, ends up getting stunned. I hope he's involved in something significant and yeah, maybe it ends up. I'm just up trying can- to think like what on raw, like who would he, who would he go I, against? You I know? know maybe Seth, Seth and him come face yeah. to face. Uh, obviously not for a match for Austin, but um, maybe he's the referee at uh, at at WrestleMania with him and, and Kevin Owens. Maybe maybe he's the guest re- guest referee. Because now that I'm thinking about it, just thought about this. Seth Rollins said last Monday night that he would face Kevin Owens anytime, any place. Kevin can pick the stipulation, so he said mm-hmm. that. So I would, yeah, wow, I think I just talked myself into it. I mean, it makes sense with, with yeah. Kevin Owens using the stunner, Austin obviously uh, the the master of it, and having Kevin Owens get the rub from Austin in this match, I would, yeah, I would love that. So, Dude, yes, me too. That, <laughs> all right, that's it. That has to See? happen. 
Damn. Yeah, all right. Is. So we get ourselves all all hyped up for these things that haven't even happened yet. But to me, that that should be the purpose. I don't want Austin in this bubble of just what he does doesn't mean anything. So, um, all right. The last thing I wanted to ask you about before we get to our predictions is Drew McIntyre and his three claymores on uh, Brock Lesnar after Brock Lesnar just unceremoniously destroyed Ricochet, which I really don't agree with. But uh, Drew McIntyre takes out Brock Lesnar in a great way. Brock sells the hell out of it and uh, holds the championship high. The crowd loved it. I loved it. And it's the, I mean, I can't remember the last time Brock Lesnar was on his back. And it's funny. Well, I'm so glad you bring that up because as much as praises we've been giving Randy Orton lately, I think we need to give Brock Lesnar just as much praise because I don't remember the last time we've seen him do this much consistent selling for one opponent in the past, I don't know how many years, at least nothing that I can think of right offhand, or someone who is a young up-and-coming talent who actually needed it. Not like a John Cena or a Triple H, someone who's already established, but a young guy who's the, who hopefully will be a future star for the company. Um, so I just think that what Brock Lesnar is doing right now for this story and the selling, the facial expressions, everything, like the little tidbits that you see him yelling out to Drew um, when they're, you know, I don't know if you saw that. Um, it's like a small video clip, but uh, when Drew had hit him with the Claymore on the stage, Brock had yelled over to Drew to grab the title so mm-hmm. they can get that shot. Yep. And just little things like that, like mean and mean a big deal you know and it's just it shows what type of professional that Brock Lesnar is so he gets a lot of crap and you know a lot of negative feedback especially on the internet but man what he's been doing for Drew the past month and a half or so and what I'm sure is going to happen at Wrestlemania I'm just so excited for and part of me wonders if we're going to see Brock get the upper hand at all um, on the road to Wrestlemania because Drew has been getting the offense the past few weeks and um, coming looking out strong. So I'm, I'm curious to see if we're going to see Brock actually hit a F5 and be standing tall at, at any point, or if they're just going to have Drew consistently go over up until WrestleMania. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm totally here for it. And I'm, I'm so happy for Drew and I'm just so ready to see his crowning moment at WrestleMania. Cause he is one of those guys that you just look at his journey and his road to his WrestleMania moment. It's just, it is like a, a good feel good moment, you know, that not a lot of guys get. And I didn't feel this way with Seth last year. And that's not right. me Monday morning quarterbacking. I never felt that way with Seth Rollins because I never bought into his babyface character last year. Never. I, I, at any point, it felt very contrived and the Wii stuff was very forced. It just doesn't work with Seth. I think Seth is in the best position he's been in in his career. Better than the authority, better than his babyface run, taking up Brock Lesnar twice. He's in and his own little world right now. Yes. And, and he's, perfect. He's, he's the leader of, not of J&J security. He's the leader <laughs> of a legitimate group that they have yet to right. name. I love how he's growing out his hair and his beard to look, I think it's supposed to look like Jesus Christ. I mean, seriously. In that furry I, leather jacket. <laughs> yes. Which somebody, one of my co-hosts, I, I, I might have been last week, mentioned that it looks like it's Dean Ambrose's coat that he wore oh, before yeah. he left. That's so, so true. yeah, I, I found think, him wardrobe in the back. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it is. It looks almost exactly like oh, it. I'm going to have to go back and look at that now. The way that Seth Rollins is is holding people's hands and shaking their hands as if he's some kind of prophetic uh, symbol of of religious solidarity or something. I love the way that he is just acting like this uh, this, uh, religious, holier-than-thou character. To me, it's just going to get deeper and better. 
and I'm I'm all for the Seth Rollins. Like I know we transformed to Seth Rollins, but um, I, I'm loving what he's doing. I think the Edge return overshadowed what was going on in that group, which is a little bit unfortunate for Seth because I think he was the really the Seth and the AOP before Murphy came on to me was the highlight of Raw. And then Edge comes back. Obviously, that's going to trump anything that's going on Raw. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm a big proponent of what's happening. Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins is clearly going to be at WrestleMania. So uh, I don't know. I'm loving I'm loving the, the whole seth rollins group right now me too all right um well before we get to predictions i do want to give you a a moment here i know you do another show um and i want to let everyone know where they can find you and what it's about and anything else that uh anything else you want to share yes um i used to do another show they we've actually gone on a little temporary hiatus um there's just a lot going on people have been moving um all that good stuff so yeah we've kind of put it on pause for now but I'm still on Twitter at A-S-H-M-A-N-N-S, so feel free to follow me and talk wrestling or whatever's going on in sports world, anything like that. But, yeah, feel free to give me a follow on there. And right. I'm sure we'll be getting back to the show at some point. It's just, you know, life happens sometimes. <laughs> oh, trust me. <laughs> uh, like, I, and I totally get it. Anybody, anytime people, like, feel bad, oh, I can't make the show today, I'm like, look. I, I, I work a full-time job. I have a, a kid here I take care of. Like, life is life, man. It, it, is, it sounds easy sometimes. It's just, oh, you just have to sit in front of a mic and talk. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, it's not that easy. Especially getting to, multiple schedules together, uh, you know? Like, that's the hardest part at one location. Very, so. very difficult. So, um, well, anytime your show comes back, just uh, let me know. And uh, I'll let my listeners know. I'm sure they'll be interested to hear that it's coming back online. And we're looking forward to it. I love the show. You guys are great. Um, so, all right, well, let's jump into the Elimination Chamber. Um, as unstar-studded as this is, I think it does have the potential to really outdo the, the, uh, the expectations. And I'm going to start right at the top here. I'm going to go with the, uh, the, the Women's Elimination Chamber match. I'm not going to make people wait because I want to get my thoughts out there and I want to hear yours. Natalia, Liv Morgan, Shayna Baszler, Asuka, Sarah Logan, and Ruby Riot. Um, uh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you take this one first. I think this needs to be the showcase of Shayna Baszler. I think she just needs to run through the former Riot Squad, have it come down to her and Asuka, have them go at it for 10, 15 minutes, however long you want to give them or however long you need, and just have Shayna go over. And then you probably have your stare stare down between Becky and Shayna. Um, I I, I think especially with what has happened the past couple weeks with Shayna on the main roster, I think this is the – this needs to be her night. Um, and it, elimination Chamber, you know, for all the grief that um, we can give it, I think that in the past it has spun out some good matches. Um, we've had good women's tag team matches in the past, good males tag team matches in the past. So I definitely think that this would be another one of those nights, especially this one. I think this may have the potential to steal the show in a way. Um, if not, for no other reason, Asuka and Shayna um, I think they could really play up Shayna's past in the cage since they've already re- referenced that in the past. Um, so I think this does have the potential to be uh, the match of the night, maybe. Um, but for if nothing else, this needs to be Shayna's moment. Um, and then we can finally just get to the hype between Shayna and Beckley, Becky officially and just go forward with that. Because um, Becky, Becky needs this, I think, maybe more than Shayna does. Just a substantial feud and story to, you know, actually sick sick her her teeth into so yeah i just think yeah right i think this this just needs to be shana's night and yeah just get on with it Uh, yeah i I wouldn't play games here 
I, I don't want WWE trying to swerve us. And Vince has been doing that now. I mean, you look at what we all believe was going to happen with Reigns and the Fiend, and that didn't happen. And then we heard there were major shakeups happening in the the Raw, the uh, WrestleMania card, and lo and behold, we get the two matches we didn't thought we didn't think we were going to get. So, but this is not an instance in which I want them to mess with things. I, I really, really, really don't want a screwy finish. I just want this a straightforward. Let's get to it. It feels kind of just. Um, it's something that's a formality for Shayna Baszler, and she is the beyond heavy favorite. I mean, I can't remember a, a chamber match, men or women, that has been such a heavy favorite and the most obvious decision ever because they've already started the program. They've already started Becky versus Shayna. What are they going to do, just kill it? I, I mean, you can't do that. Rumors are flying that Vince isn't happy with Shayna the way she worked the match with Kyrie Sane this past week, and Vince changes his mind on a whim, and you hear about rewrites. That scares me, but I don't want yeah, them screwing does. with this. I don't like. I, I, there's no need for this, and and you can make an argument. Why the hell is Sarah Logan in this match? Right? I don't even think she's ever won yet. She's in this chamber match. Ruby Riot. I mean, what she's done since she got back? Basically, turned heel and attacked Sarah Logan, and now Liv Morgan has beaten Lana. I mean, like, what what have the what have those three done? I mean, seriously, not that they don't have potential, but when you look at the credentials and the the win loss record, they don't even belong on on Raw, much less the you know in the chamber match. But it is what it is. I think these three are talented, so I'm gonna chalk that up to whatever they need to have bodies in the chamber. And yes, Asuka, definitely deserving. Natalia, definitely deserving. And Shayna, those are the top three. Um, yeah, I think it's going to come down personally. I thought about Asuka, but with Asuka being heel and Shayna being presented as a heel, I think it's going to come down to Natalia and Shayna Baszler. And I think Natalia might have a Daniel Bryan moment um, and a Kofi, Kofi Kingston Daniel Bryan moment from last year where Natalia makes you believe that she could end up winning the match. And they may play off of that type of uh, formula from last year so I think Shayna and Natalia is what it's going to come down to. And Natalia is going to give you some kind of hope. She's the grizzled veteran. Um, she is a legitimate badass. She's a locker room leader. So I'm looking forward to that, how much hope they can provide us in Natalia versus Shayna Baszler when it all gets uh, said and done. And obviously I think Shayna's going to win, but how, how much can they bring the crowd into a match that is all but a foregone conclusion? So for just a long story short, Shayna wins this. Yeah, and I think that's why, real quick before we move on, that they probably scrapped the whole men's elimination chamber match as well. Because just think if they would have kept the men's singles chambers match intact as well and had Roman and Shanna going into the respective chamber matches, it, it, I mean, that's two of the big, the biggest matches on the card that you 99% already know the outcome to. So thinking back on it, kind of, because at first I was wondering. Like my and one of my issues with the whole lack of follow up after the fiend lost was just how easy it was for Roman to literally just come out there and say he was next and get a WrestleMania title match. Um, I think that was I meant to mention that earlier. That was part of what didn't really sit with, well with me either. Um, but looking back at everything as a whole, because then that made me think too, like, because uh, why why didn't he have to do anything to earn his spot, right? But the women do, and just it just it, like you lay everything out on paper, like some things just don't make sense, like how you got to one title match compared to how you got to the other title match. Um, but yeah, I I I think if Shayna doesn't win this match, I would be shocked to say the least. <laughs> I think yeah. there would be more outrage over that than the whole Fiend loss, just because of the how preposterous it would be. So the thing yeah, is, yeah, you you can't even make a case for anyone else. You, and you really, yeah, you, yeah, you really can't. No, and no. it's sad with Oscar being in there, you know. 
I know. If Asuka and Becky didn't have their last couple months happen, I would say we have a real possibility yeah. on our hands. I mean, you would say this is, you know, th- these are the top two. To me, it's Shayna and then there's everyone else. And, and and they're like four levels below Shayna Baszler right now. And Asuka, as talented as she is, they're not going back to that. Natalia versus Becky, we've been there, done that. And Natalia is not a true contender at this point in her career as she's been presented to to uh becky lynch so um the other th- i guess the the i guess the, the wrinkle in this yes you could have becky lynch attack Shayna after the match and i think she could i think that could be the post-match excitement where we have Shayna baszler and becky lynch going toe-to-toe and they're trying to bite each other's faces off um to end the end the show there i would think that they want to end it on a positive note and make sure people go home happy with a smile on their face uh so that could happen but do you think it's a possibility that Shayna or um, Becky Lynch is starting to slowly turn heel. Do you see any possibility of that? I, personally, I have, whether it's intended or not, I think it's possible that at WrestleMania they do a double turn. It's not easy to do, but based on Becky Lynch's over-arrogance over the last month or so, her obnoxious outfits, and I know she's trying to maybe change things up or just trying to be cool, too cool for schoolgirl... But I think she's getting away with from from what people originally backed her for, being a great in-ring performer, having the quiet confidence, um, and just being kind of the very relatable character that, that most of us can grab onto. She seems a little bit over the top with her goat jackets and her sunglasses, the Thug Life sunglasses, and all this stuff. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I'm sensing a possibility of a heel turn, but my, even if they isn't, that's not intentional. I think at WrestleMania, Becky Lynch is going to have a hard time for people cheering for her because I think people are ready to see Shayna Baszler just run roughshod over the women's division and take that belt from Becky, who's had it for a year now. So I, I, that's at least my thought. And the WrestleMania crowd is going to be really tough on Becky. At least that's my, my thinking. And, you know, Part of me the past few weeks um, has been going back and forth with with the idea that Becky, there is a double turn at WrestleMania, but Becky cheats to retain her title at WrestleMania and Shayna loses. And then the next chapter of their story going forward is heel Becky champion with the babyface Shayna chasing her because I feel like they could really have some money and momentum behind that story going forward for maybe the next two to three months or maybe going into you know SummerSlam time frame um but I would love to see that because then at that point Becky would be champion for a whole year um, probably to the day so I think that they could really have a good, cocky, Becky Hill story after that, saying, I've been the champion for a year. You know, you people turned your back on me, however she wants to play, or even if she doesn't even acknowledge the fans, maybe she just cheats and just, you know, however she wants to play it. But I, I could totally see a heel, cocky Becky with a, a pure baby face, Shayna chasing her. And, and not a baby face in the sense that she's, like, pandering to the fans and saying, like, just, like, the thankful to be there type, but just being that badass type and just kind of like Rhonda was in the beginning, just going full force at Becky Lynch and just having a strong storyline in that sense, kind of just like flip the, flip the roles. Yeah, that absolutely is a possibility. Of not having... saying it'll happen, but just cause Brooke, I don't mean to cut you off, but just no, because no, okay. I, I'm thinking about like, are we really going to get a WrestleMania like we did last year with all new champions or in like all pretty much every outcome that we want it happening. 
So and that's the part that gets me, like, out of all the championship matches that could potentially be 100% official after uh, Elimination Chamber, if this being one of them, is everyone that we want to win going to win? You know, is Drew going to win? Is Shayna going to win? Is Rhea going to retain? Like, just things, it just, that's what kind of makes me nervous. There's, yeah, to me, I don't think, I don't think this is going to be, a Christmas morning like it was last year. I think there's yeah. possibility of things not going the way people want or expect. And I'm fine with that. I'm okay with being Me pissed too. off. Yeah. If it's being pissed off because I want to see the heel get their ass kicked. Not because what do you like not because I I want to see a a baby face on the rise get cut off at the knees. That's the wrong way to do it. The wrong the right way is to piss off fans because you want to see that baby face then climb the mountain even more. And, and it's it's a fine line to walk. And yes, having Becky Lynch do what you just described at WrestleMania with a crowd that's already kind of tired of her being champion, I'm starting to sense that already. And that's just the normal cycle of being champion. It's eventually going to be like, okay, we've had your run. It's been a great run, and it has. It's been a legendary run for Becky Lynch. I think, I mean, future Hall of Famer from this run. I mean, you, I know that's early to say, but I think she easily is that. Um, but it's just time. And I think if you extend that time in a way that she cheats to win and in an underhanded way to keep the belt and keep her streak going again it, with a crowd that's already ready to start to you know resent her is i think just magic waiting to happen and Shayna Baszler is babyface yeah she's already a legit badass she's got credentials mm-hmm. yes we all know the rub with Ronda Rousey we all know that relationship and there's been uh, sightings of Ronda Rousey. I tweeted that out at, at WWE headquarters this past week with Kane Velasquez, who I never want to see in a wrestling ring again, ever. I just, I just don't care about Kane Velasquez in that capacity yeah. at all. Um, so, but with Ronda there, she could probably be involved at Mania. I hope not in a title belt, maybe as a special enforcer or a special referee, or maybe just show up after the match. I don't know. But uh, do you think there's any possibility of Rousey getting involved at Mania at all? No, I think if we see Rousey anytime soon, it's the night after. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would, if I was going to do it, yes, because I don't need her as because she's such a big name that I think it would overshadow whoever's in that match, and you'd just be concerned about what's Ronda going to do, what's she going to, who's she going to turn, is she going to, you know. Instead, I would focus on the women that have been there all year and building to that moment rather than Ronda Rousey with that dark cloud of of really skewing your focus, which I don't want. So, yes, I'm with you on the Monday Night Raw after it in Tampa. Okay, next match, Braun Strowman, Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro and Sami Zayn, a three-on-one match for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, I guess I'm a little unclear. I would assume that this is a three-on-one handicap match that if any of the three, Sammy, Cesaro, or Shinsuke, win, the belt goes to Shinsuke? Or is it, did they make it clear if any of, whoever pins Strowman would become champion? Yeah, I think, I want to say, no no matter which one of the three pins Strowman, Shinsuke wins the title. I think that's what it was. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Well, to me, it doesn't matter because I think Braun Strowman's coming out of here with the belt. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think that putting him on, putting that on him so soon, and then removing it would do anybody any favors. Uh, Sami Zayn, by the way, on a side note, this past week, I love him on the mic. They just need to just hand him a mic 
and let him go. I, I don't want him ever getting a script. It doesn't sound like they are either because he's freaking brilliant on the mic. He he's just so there's easy no to hate. There's no way he has a script. There's no, no way. There's With just no, how much oh. he just rambles on and on. Like there's no way. <laughs> I don't even know the last time Sami Zayn's had a match, but right. I, I he's but he's such a great mouthpiece to me. Sami Sami Zayn is really a diamond in the rough, a guy that yeah. could be your top heel. Um, he can perform in the ring, although we haven't seen that in a few months. Uh, just, I love everything about Sami Zayn and what he's done for Cesaro and Shinsuke has really been unspoken, unsung for those two guys that really are kind of lost in the sauce right now without Sami. Sami really is the glue holding this whole thing together and him mouthing off to the NWO this past week, who seemed lost in their own right. Uh, it, it was, he was the star of the show, but I, I really do expect Braun Strowman to retain. And the reason is also because I don't need Braun Strowman floating around and, and, uh, bringing in children to be tag team partners or doing stupid stuff with Saturday Night Live. Guys, I need him in a real program. And if they take the belt off him here, I'll be really disappointed because I think Braun needs something solid for once at WrestleMania than just kind of these side shows that are nothing more than the sports entertainment type of stuff. I agree with you 100%. Um, I, I see Strowman going over here. I don't see this being a long match at all. Um, I think Strowman wins, and then I think we this leads to Sh- uh, Braun versus Sheamus at WrestleMania, and I hope so because I think that could be a fun big man match. Um, and I think I would I think that those guys can have a good solid 10 to 15 minute match even at, at WrestleMania, maybe 10 to 12 minutes, but I could see them having a good hard hitting match. So. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I hope Strowman wins. I think he deserves to have a decent title reign. Um, and I think he deserves to finally have a, a actual WrestleMania moment, which I hope is what leads to. So yeah, I'm right there with you. I hope so too. Strowman is is more than deserving of it. Uh, and and yeah, Sheamus alluded to last week. I think it was that he has bigger fish to fry now. And I hope that that bigger fish, I, not Apollo Crews, but he was alluding to Braun Strowman on, on the horizon. And I hope that is the case. And they don't just do a, a multi-man, like a 10-man ladder match as they sometimes do at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship or United States Championship. To me, I, sh- I hope it's one-on-one. Sheamus and uh, Braun Strowman, it, it, I think that's a, a credible WrestleMania match that you would believe has the potential to go either way. So, yes, mm-hmm. Braun Strowman wins. He'll probably get the pinfall. I mean, does it even matter? I hope it's not Sami Zayn. I hope Sami's able to escape as he did this past week. I love – he's such a, a – just a, a sly, underhanded, slick-talking heel. He's – I just love everything about Sami Zayn. I hope he's able to not take the pinfall here and blow off the heat. I hope it's Cesaro or, or Shinsuke who honestly – it doesn't even matter if they lose at this point. They've already been defined down to a point that you're you're okay or at least – sadly kind of just expecting them to take a pinfall so uh, Braun Strowman wins here and he retains next match on the card is the uh, the, the other Elimination Chamber match which has the really potential to blow the roof off the place if done correctly is this <laughs> the, the Miz and Morrison New Day Usos Heavy Machinery Lucha House Party uh, and Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode that don't have a name what happens here there is this one i i think there's a favorite but i don't think it's a heavy favorite who do you have winning and why you know part of me would not be surprised if otis and tucker won the titles here 
Um, I just have a weird feeling that, that they might pull the trigger and to have them going into WrestleMania as the tag champions to face um, Ziggler and Rude just to continue the storyline between Otis and Ziggler with Mandy and all that good stuff. So I I wouldn't be surprised, and I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I think I'm going to go with them. I think, I think I'm going to stick with Otis and Tucker. I think this is going to be a fun match. I think this is going to be probably the match of the night, if if not the second match of the or Yeah, second to the top of the match of the night. But, yeah, I, I think that I'm going to stick with them. Just because it, it, it could be a fun change, you know, unless they're going to hold off and let them have their moment at WrestleMania, which could be fun. But I don't know. I, I think this may this may be their night. And to, get, to have something big happen at the show, you know? That's it. Um yeah, so as you were talking, you, you again talked me out of my pick uh, because well, don't because I'm not really no. confident, but like I think it's more so me wanting it to happen just because I really like Otis and I think it could be fun because then I just think that they could have like Mandy see that he's a winner and like come, come out to congratulate him and then Ziggler get jealous. I just I don't know. I just think it goes so many different routes with it, but they probably won't. <laughs> Well, you know, you might be onto something because they need something a little bit different to happen here. If this Mandy Mandy Rose storyline didn't exist, I would say Miz and Morrison retain hands down. I mean, I would say that because they, I mean, they essentially just won them too. I'm not a fan of hot potato with belts. So I would say without Mandy that Miz and Morrison retain. Um, You also have to remember Ziggler and Rude are also coming in last. Mm-hmm. Um, they won that right this past week on SmackDown and with Otis and Tucker being legitimized on SmackDown of being able to win and go through several teams, I think is a clue that they could end up winning on Sunday. And I, my original pick was Miz and Morrison. Simple fact of, I like baby faces chasing heels into WrestleMania for the belts and Miz and Morrison have not had them that long and they're a legitimate team. Um, damn it. Now I'm on the fence because Miz and Morrison are, they're just solid. They're a very solid tag team. Uh, it feels like Morrison is just stuck in time, um, as he left WWE and came back yeah. in the exact it's, same spot, which I don't like. It's yeah. insane. Like physique wise, like it's like, dude, like, did you age at all? Like no. it's, it's frustrating. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, make, I, I, I hate myself watching him. <laughs> right. Um, I know. So uh, having having him back exactly where he left just shows you what WWE thinks where he belongs, which I don't agree. But nonetheless, this is a very difficult one. I again, my original pick is Miz and Morrison, and damn it, I'm just to just to be different. I'm going to go Miz and Morrison, yeah. um, just to see that you know that way we can't have the same record here. I'm going to go Miz and Morrison, but yeah, uh, having Otis here. They played the storyline that it's going to be Otis and Ziggler potentially in the ring at the same time and having Otis get his hands on him. And particularly with Dolph Ziggler pinning Otis this past week to earn that right, you would think that the favor would then be returned in kind on Sunday and Otis gets his revenge and obviously Mandy might see him in a different light. To me, I I do not disagree. You absolutely could be right. My brain is leaning that way, but only for the simple fact of being different and I want to have a different record i'm gonna go miz and morrison yeah no and and honestly that they were my original pick as well um for pretty much every reason that you've already stated um but to me too miz and morrison are a team that do not need the tag titles 
but they're a team that you can throw the tag titles on them at any time and they can just as they're just as good as champions as they are as challengers meaning like their promos they can pretty much just tweak them regarding what their chase is or whatever the situation may be um so i I don't necessarily think that they need the titles to have a storyline. I think they can go off and have like a or a separate feud with like the Usos or someone like that. Um, Cause like if, if they're the champion or yeah, if they were, if they keep their titles, like who, who do they face at WrestleMania? Are we going to see like them versus the Usos or what? And then what's going to happen with Dolphin Ziggler or Dolphin Otis's storyline? Are they just going to keep dragging it out and it just be like a TV storyline or what? So I think it just really depends on how serious WWE is taking this whole love triangle storyline as well. If it's serious to them and something that they really want to put time and investment into, then I could see them pulling the trigger and having them become the, the uh, champions for that reason. But if it's just kind of like a side thing to them and just more of a comedy act, then I could see Miz and Morrison uh, retaining. <sighs> This is not easy whatsoever. So, I am I mean, yeah, we could sit until we're blue in the face, but I would say that those two are the are the favorites of winning this. I don't need to see New Day's champion, for God's sakes. Yeah. I, you know, the Usos, same boat. We've seen them trade it back and forth for months and months and months. I, you know, for really the last couple of years, I don't need it anymore. They don't need the belts anymore. Lucha House Party is just kind of like LOL. I mean, like, it's just not going to happen. Um, it is only, to me... Heavy Machinery and Miz and Morrison. Could you make a case for Ziggler and Rude and then having him rub it in the face of uh, of Otis and Tucker? Yeah, and then having them overcome and chase Ziggler and Rude to Mania. Yeah, because there's that storyline of Mandy Rose woven through it as well, having it one-on-one. I highly doubt very much that WWE is ever going to have a one-on-one tag team title match at WrestleMania. This, to me... This is like the WrestleMania card, but just a month early. As far or WrestleMania match, but a month early. I don't see a one-on-one for the belts, but um, right. yeah, um, this is an interesting match uh, from a lot of perspectives of who could win, and uh, probably the most unpredictable match on the entire show. The next match is the Street Profits: Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford versus Seth Rollins and no longer buddy, just Murphy. <laughs> and I'll give you my quick thought on this. I think the Street Profits retain. Which then again makes me very concerned that I'm wrong in my Miz and Morrison pick because having you know everything be very predictable is not Vince's way. And the Street Profits to me, they are the fresher team. They're the up and coming team. They've got a lot of momentum since they stopped the terrible, uh, just mocking of the Sunday night or the um, weekend, the weekend report, yeah. <laughs> which was just awful. Or standing backstage and standing and talking to each other, but looking at the camera as they talk to each other and talk about matches in a very just quirky way that makes no sense and they're kind of rapping but kind of talking and instead of worrying about their own careers they're talking about everyone else's it it was very it was awful i i really really dislike that version of the street profits but they've since put them in the ring which is where they shine uh cut a solid promo montez ford the last few weeks against seth rollins has blown it out of the park uh i think he is the star of that team and having them win uh was the right move it, it, I think, put a, uh, a shot of adrenaline in the team in the belts, and having them lose to Rollins and Murphy would not make any sense to me. Kevin Owens cost Rollins that the title. There's no need to give it back to them, which would negate the whole Kevin Owens, you know, creating that situation in the first place. The Street Profits retain. 
maybe Kevin Owens gets himself involved again and stuns Seth Rollins again, fueling him even more, which I would love to see. So to me, it's this is a hands down, you know, close the book, street profits retain, whether it's, you know, help from Kevin Owens or not. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, I think this match is just a match to fill a spot and some time on the card. I think it's going to be a really good and entertaining match. Um, like you said, I would not be surprised if Kevin Owens interfered again. Um, but I think this is just a filler match. And the the true story and outcome for this is going to lead to Seth versus Owens at WrestleMania. So, yeah, I'd, like I said, this is going to be a good match, but this is just a, a finality type thing for their tag team feud and it's amazing too they wwe talk forever about how oh you know uh, automatic rematches clauses are antiquated and yet here we are with nobody else worrying right. about the belts except rollins and murphy whatever it's just convenience it's basically like, where are we in the story is what we said convenient <laughs> for us to apply to our own damn story at the time whatever it's fine i expect this match to be very good uh i'm looking forward to the quality of the match um so okay speaking of quality of matches alistair black and aj styles and uh, this is a match that I think has the potential to really, as with a couple of before it, to be the the, the dark horse and steal the show. But I, I'm not I'm not really sold on that based on the last the few interactions that these two have had uh, with Alistair Black this past Monday night, getting basically look, looking like a fool that he didn't read his contract, although that was a bad storyline anyway. With Alistair Black getting uh, beaten by AJ Styles, who subsequently got single-handedly chokeslammed by Undertaker at the Super Showdown and was pinned on a single chokeslam, which, to me, really killed the interest in an AJ Styles-Undertaker match, having AJ lose with a single move. Uh, I didn't like that. This has a great opportunity to be good. It may be great if given enough time. It's a no-DQ match. So, yeah, you could have Undertaker interfere here. Uh, Maybe he shows up. Maybe he doesn't. But... I would think AJ Styles is going to win this clean simply because he has the Undertaker on the horizon. You can't have AJ lose here. Yeah, and especially now that Alistair has already suffered a, a pinfall loss, um, you don't really have to worry about that, a singles pinfall at least. You don't really have to worry about that as much anymore either, um, whether they were really concerned with that or not. Um, yeah, I think this is this is the match I'm definitely most looking forward to just for in-ring quality. I think this is going to be a fun match. Um, and I hope they give them at least 15, 20 minutes. Um, I just think this is going to be a match of the night. Um, but, yeah, like you said, I I, I think this is going to be AJ Styles' match. Um, I think this is just going to be another good, solid match. And then we'll have AJ come out on Monday and brag about his victory. And then I think that's when Undertaker will interrupt him. And I think that'll be the the start for their setup to their potential WrestleMania match. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm definitely looking forward to this one. And I'm, I'm interested to see how they take advantage of the no DQ stipulation. Um, if they go more rep weapon route or how violent they end up getting with each other, or if it was just a way to have the OC interfere. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this one though, for sure. I think he said it. I think it's a way to get the OC involved. I don't know who would help Alistair Black on his behalf. Maybe Ricochet. Uh, yeah. Maybe Ricochet who, uh, you know, was, <laughs> I mean, geez, uh, you talk about going a fall from grace. Uh, yeah. Maybe it is Ricochet. But to me, AJ has to look strong here. I, you know, yeah. I, I would actually advise against the OC. 
doing this because if you want any kind of interest or any kind of credibility being built back to AJ Styles, you you can't have him use his cronies as a way to win this match because it's bigger than and that. And this is AJ Styles, man. This isn't like just some random guy, like mid-card guy, you know? Like this is AJ Styles we're talking about. Like he doesn't need the OC. Like he is AJ Styles, like he 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 speaks for himself, you know. A guy that beat John Cena clean. How many? I mean, like more yeah. than once. So, how many? How many guys can say uh, that? You know. Really, I, I mean, so this is a guy. I, I would keep the OC the hell away. I, I I don't think that to be able to because I think that no DQ would warrant the OC getting involved yeah. since it, they can do it with legally. Um, but I would have AJ look extremely strong here. Alistair Black has time to build his. You know, Alistair Black has got a lot of uh, a lot of days ahead of him. AJ Styles doesn't. So AJ Styles to me would be the guy that you need to focus on to really really build him as big as you can to and as, as as nasty as you can to make him a credible threat against the undertaker that did a lot of damage against aj styles at uh, super showdown with just basically not even taking his clothes off or his, his uh right. his coat and hat off and ends up beating aj styles as if it was just you know local talent uh i did not like that that's why you know, this to me this AJ Styles Alistair Black match, you would think is, oh my god, you know, if nothing, if none of that had happened over the last three weeks, you'd be like, this is going to be amazing, I can't wait. And within a couple of weeks of them and their their booking decisions, it's not as interesting, and I don't like that. It's it's a shame that we're looking at this match going, eh. I mean, it could be really good, but we honestly don't care as much about it as we should, and that I, that's a damn shame when you look at that. Yeah, especially. Not for nothing, because that match could have sold itself. You know, it was a very simple story. Two fighters going into it. AJ could have played, you know, the chicken, you know what, healed, um, and just had Alistair chasing him into this this feud. Um, it it just kind of could have written itself for a nice little semi feud before uh, AJ gets his actual storyline going for WrestleMania. But yeah, you know, I'm, and a lot of people are concerned with Alistair Black if he doesn't end up on WrestleMania this year, but. I'm I'm not. I think he's in a, a good spot right now. Yeah, of course it could be a different spot. And he could be much higher up on the card, or you know, could be doing something more substantial. But I think right now, with the lay of the land on Raw, I think this is kind of where he needs to be right now until WrestleMania. Then once WrestleMania is over with, then he can start his his build to the top. So I think right now this is kind of where he needs to be. Unfortunately, you know. And we'll all forget it. I mean, this yeah, will all be forgotten. Yeah. After, you know, Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. I mean, everything gets reset. It's the true new season of wrestling. It is. He uh, could end yeah. up on SmackDown in a completely different role, you know, yep. and be at the top of the card. So people that are losing their minds over AJ winning on Sunday, and I, I really I don't see another outcome, uh, don't know what – what what happens after WrestleMania? Like you you need to just take a step back and go. This is all going to be reset in a month. And you can't but do but so much at WrestleMania. You know, like you can't involve everyone as no. much as it'd be nice to have him involved. Like, and trust me, it could be very interesting and very you know lucrative for everyone. But I just you can't do but so much. Yeah, he, and he maybe he wins the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I mean, I, I mean at yeah. this point, yeah, yeah. So, all right, the next two matches and the final two matches here. Have the potential, as a lot of these do, as I look at the wrestling quality that we talked about, have the potential to really be awesome as well. Andrade versus Alberto Carrillo for the United States oh, Championship. Yes. And I think this one, again, if given enough time, could be very, very good. 
if they're only given six, seven minutes, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't blink before this match is over. Uh, they'll probably work too quickly and try to get their stuff in. And then before you know it, you're like, wait, what happened? This one, I, I originally thought Umberto was going to win this. Simple fact that, you know, Umberto has been struggling against Andrade. He's kind of the new face. Um, you know, it would give him some momentum, but Andrade is so damn good. And, and having him with Zelina Vega, and you could say, well, he's you know he failed the 30-day suspension. WWE is losing faith in him. It's not good to, you know, maybe they're going to take the belt off him. He served his time. I mean, how much more are you going to punish the guy, which is really ultimately punishing the company, yourself for not letting him carry the belt, of which he's done a great job with. And Zelina is, I, I mean, we've sung her praises before, and I continue to say how great she is on the mic and great she is for his character. I think Angel Garza probably gets involved here to help Andrade and maybe Rey Mysterio comes in to even the odds and, and Umberto's distracted and Andrade uh, ends up, you know, with a roll up or something like that. But this has a, uh, all the makings for a really, really good match. I ultimately think there's going to be a lot of kind of wonky stuff with Angel Garza and Rey Mysterio and Andrade retains. Again, I, I agree with you here. I don't think that Andrade is going to be punished or anything like that. I think if they were going to punish him, they would have had him lose the title before he went on his suspension um, or lost it immediately when he came back. Um, so I, I think he whatever punishment that they were going to do, I, I think the suspension was it. Um, I, I think Andrade is still the, a, a future top star in the company. Um, but man, I am such a fan of Angel Garza. Um, I know he's not in this match, but he, there's just something about him. That guy is just so charismatic and there's just something about the way he, he moves in the ring. He's just, I think he's going to be potential top star for them as well. But as far as this match is concerned, like this, I think has a, and like you said, the potential to seal the show as well. Um, Umberto Carrillo has such a, a bright future in front of him as well. And I just love, how many different stories are intertwined between all four guys, you know, and then you have Zelina out there, how she's pretty much in the middle of everyone as well. It's just such a cool, different dynamic. And I just love how they're doing their own thing on this on raw as well. And it's just a a really good story. And I think this is going to be a good match, but yeah, I I see Andrade retaining here. Um, But what do you think if, if he does retain here, what do you think he does next? Or do you think he does anything at WrestleMania? Or do you think he just kind of waits it out until afterwards? I think this is going to be one of the WWE specials of booking and being a four way elimination match or a four way fatal four way ladder match of some sort for the United States Championship. I mean, I think they're going to put all four guys. You have two baby faces, you have two heels. You've yeah. got the United States Championship, and you throw ladders into this match, and it could blow the roof off the place. And having Andrade, Umberto, Angel Garza, and Rey Mysterio involved in this match, I think, to me, that's what they're going to do. And I I would agree. As much as I'm not a fan of uh, multi-person matches, this one makes decent sense to me to throw all four men in there. Because you know it's going to be a top-quality match. Like, you don't even have to think about it. And you know it's going to be a great match. Um, And I totally agree with you, too. On on Angel Garza, uh, he has something that I haven't seen in, in, in... I don't know honestly how long he has. He doesn't look like a wrestler trying to be a wrestler. He looks like he's just that way. Like the way that he smiles, the way that he carries himself, the way that he speaks, it's very magnetic. And it reminds me a little bit of Eddie Guerrero, the way that he's got that, that, that vibe about him, that he's this cocky, arrogant guy, but he can perform, you know, at, at an extremely high level. 
I, he reminds me a lot of Eddie Guerrero. I, at least maybe that's the vibe I got. Absolutely, absolutely. He everything that he does, just like just the look on his face is so effortlessly. Like just the way he goes out there and he has old ladies giving him a kiss on the cheek when there's a, this virus going around. Like it's just it, it's amazing. Like he everything that he does is just like you said. It's like magnetic. You're just so drawn to him. And he no matter what he's doing, whether he's speaking, if he's just standing off to the side, like you're just drawn to him and he kind of steals the moment. Um, so I'm just so excited to see how the future is for him. But I, as you were talking about having a potential ladder match, I, man, could you just imagine Rey Mysterio and all four of those, or all four of those guys in a WrestleMania ladder match? That would just be show stealer for sure. It would be. And I think they'll, they're going to do themselves a disservice not doing that. Because what are you going to yeah. do? In this case, they're already doing the one on one match with Umberto and Andrade. Give them 15, now. 20 minutes. Exactly. This needs to be a multi person because yeah. you're already going to the well here on one on one. So, yeah, I agree. And I'm looking forward to this. And I'm really looking forward to see what Angel Garza does. I mean, typically I'm not super into guys that I think they're going to keep on the kind of the lower mid tier card. But this guy has just something about him that I'm like, there's a, there's a star in there that yeah. I don't know if he could be, you know, a John Cena level. I mean, that's, that's getting way ahead of ourselves, but Give certainly him a few years, you never yeah. know, two, three uh, years, you know? Yep. Yep, yep. I'm all I'm all for this. Just and, to see the how effortlessly he made the transition from NXT to the main roster just within thirty days of Andrade being out. Because that was what prompted him to come up there truly to begin with was Andrade getting the suspension and he came up there with Zelina in his corner and he man, he just stole the show. He does in, in that respect yeah. for that position at least, you know, it's just man, he they got something with him. They do. They really do, and I'm I'm okay with the slow burn. Yeah. I don't need him shooting to the top. I don't need him being United States champion even yet. Maybe wait a few months. Maybe wait uh, wait till after WrestleMania, or even if you crown him at WrestleMania, fine. Um, but I think Umberto Carrillo is probably going to be the guy to get the belt because they he's they've gotten a little more focus on him. He's been the guy that's struggling. Ray is obviously you know past the prime of his career. He's not the focus of WWE anymore, and it's just the way it is. And I think Umberto's probably going to win it at WrestleMania um, for a match that doesn't even exist yet. But all right, well, we're booking out to Mania already. But uh, the final match here is another <laughs> potential uh, dark horse, but it's Daniel Bryan versus. Of all people, Drew Gulak. Imagine if you had said that six months ago, that Brian, Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak would be on a pay-per-view. And here we are, four weeks from WrestleMania, and we have no idea what the hell Daniel Bryan's doing. None. Zero. Um, I, I, you know, I'm trying to put him in, uh, you know, maybe he's a Sheamus contender as well. Yeah. Um, you know, Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus happened at what WrestleMania 27? Some, I'm um, probably, maybe even 26, when he kissed AJ Lee and then got kicked in the face. Um, and lost in however many seconds, and you know, Sheamus beat him. So uh, they could draw on that with Daniel Bryan and Sheamus. Maybe Sheamus ends up, you know, bro kicking him at the end of the match. Um, I know we, we booked Sheamus and Braun Strowman, but Sheamus could fit in a couple places here. And there's some yeah. history with Daniel Bryan and, and Sheamus, particularly at WrestleMania. So, other than that, I, I mean, okay, well, to answer your question, Daniel Bryan wins this, uh, I think pretty, pretty handily. I don't think. As much as I may have said it could be a match of the night, I don't know how much uh, how much hope I would give Drew Gulak fans in this match, given how Drew Gulak's been positioned. To me, this is Daniel Bryan wins pretty handily and ends up maybe getting bro kicked by Sheamus, or at least, at the very least, we get an idea of what the hell he could be doing at WrestleMania. 
Yeah, and it's amazing to think this time last year, Daniel Bryan was the champion going into WrestleMania, and now we're sitting here wondering, like, what is he going to do this year at WrestleMania? Is he even going to be on the card? Um, so it's just insane to to look at a year to year comparison. Um, but again, like you said, I think this match is going to be a, or has the potential to be match of the night as well. Um, man, I'm I'm happy for Drew Gulak. I'm happy that he's getting this opportunity to have a match against Daniel Bryan because he is a really good solid worker. Um, that really didn't really get a fair shot because he was under that 205 umbrella. Um, so I'm just happy that he's getting the opportunity here as well, and especially with it being in Philadelphia, that fan base um, is diehard, and they they're very well aware of his history there. Um, so I think this is this is going to be a good match, and I, honestly, I completely forgot about the whole Sheamus factor with Daniel Bryan and that potential there. Um, so if they wanted to do like a quick build going into WrestleMania for those two, I could totally see that as well, and that would that would be a good solid match as well. Um, I wouldn't wouldn't be mad at that either. Um, but yeah, I, I, I picked Daniel Bryan here as well. My mic went off. Um, I think that that's, to me, this is the only outcome. I mean, I I don't know how you have Drew Gulak win here. Um, I, I, again, I don't need Vince being Vince to, to swerve fans for the sake of swerving fans when the downside is so huge. Uh, Daniel Bryan needs to win this and win it without any, any confusion, any doubt. It is a Daniel Bryan win, but as you said, Drew Gulak getting this position. This is Drew Gulak's biggest match of his career. When you look at this, Daniel Bryan, at least in the perception of fans, is taking a huge step down to Drew Gulak, and Drew Gulak is taking a huge step up to Daniel Bryan. So I think Daniel Bryan and Drew are going to have a very good match. Daniel Bryan's going to do the best he can to showcase and sell for Drew. Uh, that's the kind of guy he is. I expect this to be very uh, a technical type of probably chain wrestling match, which I love uh, this again, you would, you could say this is going to be a quick match and it probably should be. Uh, but with seven matches on the card, that's not a lot. That tells me some of these matches are going to be very long, particularly the chamber matches. And that'll probably eat up a lot of the time, but with only seven matches, this hopefully is given enough time to breathe and they can put on 15, 16 minutes yeah. of, of a, of a really solid, good wrestling match that elevates drew and keeps Daniel Bryan kind of where he is because in a win, this isn't going to do anything for Daniel Bryan and win. It's going to do a do damage in a loss, but nothing in a win ultimately elevating drew in this uh, particular contest. So to me, it's a win-win to have Daniel Bryan win this because Drew gets elevated. Daniel Bryan kind of stays where he is as fans try to guess where the hell he's going for WrestleMania. Exactly. And I think, I think this may be um, on the card to potentially start Daniel Bryan's next feud as well. Um, As you were talking, I was sitting there kind of, Thinking about it as well, I, I, I could definitely see the Sheamus inter- interference or maybe just showing up afterwards um, and giving him a bro kick to, to start that. But because I think I, I just I can't imagine Daniel Bryan not being on the card this year. Right. Like they got to do something with him. They can't just not have him on the card. No, they can't. And with Sheamus just definitively beating Apollo Crews, there's nothing, there's no loose ends for Sheamus where he's still kind of in a program with this person or whatever. Sheamus is wide open. He is completely open. Daniel Bryan is in this program that's just kind of a hold me over setup program. Uh, To me, as much as we say Sheamus and Braun Strowman, which could still happen, 
to, I think it makes more sense to put Daniel Bryan and Sheamus. Braun Strowman has a number of contenders that he can work with. Daniel Bryan is pretty damn limited in who he can work with. And with yeah. Sheamus wide open, I'd rather see a Sheamus-Daniel Bryan match, particularly pulling on the history they had, what, like uh, 10 years ago. Yeah, and not for nothing, if that's the route that they're going to go for WrestleMania, then I could totally see Sheamus costing Daniel Bryan this match against Drew Gulak and having Drew go over. Um, and then that'd be the, the setup and just like the, the start, at least, so they can at least have an excuse to start the, the match to go forward. And then to, you know, even have an excuse to bring up their history and that things of that nature. So, yeah, yeah. I could I actually see that going in either way now, depending on what they want to do for WrestleMania with, with Daniel Bryan. So, yeah, you may be onto something there. As we always get ourselves excited for stuff that's not even real yet. Yes, that's, right. just, that's just what we do. <laughs> right. uh, we've already got ourselves excited, booked for WrestleMania for some of these things. But I think we've got some solid logic to, to sit ourselves on. And, 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 you know, some of these matches, as we've been talking, initially looking at the card, I'm like, eh, I'm not so excited. But as we talk, I'm, you know, I'm getting kind of more excited as, yes, some of these matches are setups. Some of these matches look extremely obvious. But the potential for wrestling quality is is really at at a peak here. I mean, I don't look at a card too often and go, eh, there's not a whole lot of people on here. The matches are, aren't going to be great and not have star power. There's no like really there is almost no star power on this on this card. I mean, you have AJ, you have Daniel, you, you know, you have Seth Rollins. But as a whole, nobody would look at this and go, that is a stacked card. Which really tells me this is going to be an overachieving pay-per-view from a wrestling quality standpoint. I think there's going to be a lot of great near falls, great chain wrestling. Uh, that's what we watch wrestling for, and this has a potential for that as well. So as a whole, I'm looking more forward to this pay-per-view than I was when I first hit the record button. How about you? Yeah, you know, and it's funny that you say that because as you were talking earlier about your predict prediction for the Daniel Bryan match, I was sitting there thinking about the the pay-per-view as a whole and was thinking the same exact thing, you know, going into tomorrow's show, like I was, I wasn't not looking forward to it, but I was like, eh, you know, whatever. It's just something that a show that they had to have or they have to put on because it's their next stop and they booked the, the arena well in advance and they just had to do it type of thing. But looking at the card and talking about it with you and actually getting prepared for it, like, and just the simple fact that it is kind of refreshing if you think about it, that there is no heavyweight championship match. There's no Brock Lesnar, no actual top guy like a Roman Reigns, like all those guys. There's no big star power feel to it. And that's kind of refreshing in a way. It's kind of giving everyone else their own opportunity to shine on the road to WrestleMania. And it's just a different a different vibe and a different feel. And it has the potential to be a very good pay-per-view as a whole. So I may not have been as excited going into it as at the start of the show, but actually, you know, talking about it and thinking back on it, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. <laughs> that is something that, you know, I... I that's a great side effect of not having big stars on a show. You, you don't have these overarching, just, you know, the, the, the obvious main event of the show. And you're just kind of going through the motions to get to the main event. And it, it makes we, everything else bigger. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. By default, and it, it, nothing and else. it gives 
stars that normally wouldn't get this opportunity and opportunity. This, and I know some some wrestling fans, especially this time of year, go, I only want to see the biggest. Oh, where's Undertaker? Where's The Rock? What's Austin doing? Is he going to be there? People are still kind of poking their heads in and seeing what wrestling's doing right now and still thinking that these stars are going to be there and that's all they care about is where's Brock Lesnar, all these big names. And and yeah, the, the, you know those are certainly interesting and I look forward to them as well. But this is, to me, a wrestling fan's pay-per-view where we as wrestling fans get to see what the potential next stars could be. There aren't any huge stars on this card to overshadow anybody else. They have a lot of opportunity to knock it out of the park. Almost every match has that possibility uh, outside of Braun Strowman's match. I mean, it's just kind of the way it is with the format of it. Uh, so this to me is a star next star building pay-per-view. You're, I mean, you're not going to have a star born overnight, probably, but you're going to have a, an opportunity to see who that could be without the focus and distraction of, you know, somebody who's just a, obviously a much bigger star or a much bigger match coming up. Really, every match is kind of on the same playing field. It's insane. I, I feel as excited about every match as the next on this card. Everything's kind of flat for me. And it sounds like a negative, but it's not because the upside is so big. The ceiling is so big for all of these matches that it's kind of exciting to see which one's going to end up being the match of the night. We said, you know, every, almost every single prediction, we said that that match could be the, the match of the night, which is unheard of. So, yeah, th this has the potential to really knock it out of the park and, and blow people's expectations away. Of course, you could have this go completely flat and people pissed off and we're like, oh, well, that, that pay-per-view sucked as, you know, <laughs> as it probably should have looking at it. But honestly, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to look forward to this and, and, and use some optimism and really to say, hey, this could this could be a match or a, a pay-per-view that exceeds mine and a lot of people's expectations. Absolutely. And just really quick, um, I think we all complain that the top guys always hog the spot. So now t tomorrow night is a perfect example of them giving the other guys a chance, you know, and, and not being all about the Roman Reigns and the Baron Corbins for one night, at least. At least we get a break of all those guys. And it's just I don't want to say the the mid card guys or the lower card guys or I don't. I don't want. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just the other guys who wouldn't necessarily get the the spotlight. They're actually getting an opportunity to showcase their talents and to have their moment, you know. And especially the last pay per view before WrestleMania, that's a big thing, you know. It's a big deal. We're a month out from the biggest show of the year, so to have a moment, regardless of the match that they're in tomorrow night, whether it's the women's the elimination chamber match or the tag team match or whatever it is. They're getting that opportunity, so this is going to be a big moment for them. So I think they're definitely going to go out there with the mentality mentality to steal the show because we've seen it. Like for instance, with Kofi Kingston, that what one moment can do and one match can do for your career. So I wouldn't be surprised mm -hmm. if maybe not necessarily to that caliber, but it would not shock me to see someone else have a breakout moment. No, and that's the key. Who's gonna Who's gonna have that moment? doesn't even happen but it's there there yeah. there's so much potential and when you look at the names like some of the names that you you would be like they're on a pay-per-view card sarah logan like a right? drew gulak yeah drew gulak umberto carrillo that wasn't even known a month and a half ago mm -hmm. i mean some of these guys and girls lucha house party for god's sakes is on the main card <laughs> i mean so 
some of these individuals just just you would be like no way they're on the pay-per-view and they're in prominent matches and they are against formidable opponents not just in a throwaway pre-show match so this to me i mean yeah i think we've talked ourselves into getting way more excited than maybe we should be or ought to be and we're going to regret getting ourselves hyped up for nothing but i mean it does it has the potential to also really stink out the joint it does but i think the upside is is a much bigger one than the down so yeah i'm looking i'm damn all right now i'm a little more excited from a wrestling perspective not necessarily story but perspective a wrestling perspective me too and they're gonna be in philly so philly will tell you if the show is great or the show sucks so there's that too so that always gives it that extra uh, factor as well that is true philly is gonna tell you like it is i, I don't <laughs> think they're gonna hold back definitely at- not all so that is true that 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 comes into uh that comes into play big time with the philly crowd as we all know they're they're they have a very soft place in my heart for what they did to roman reigns in 2015 i still every you know i i hear philly and i go thank you like i you know if i'm flying over philly i'm like you guys are the best like it, it still just has a very soft place in my heart for it so uh philly thank you in advance and um yeah so th- this has been very exciting for me i didn't think i'd get more pumped about the pay-per-view than i than I was originally going to, but this is this is awesome. So yeah, me either. Uh, so thank you, Matt. Yeah, no, we we kind of gave ourselves our our own uh, self driven promo on on the uh, on the elimination chamber better than WWE has done the last couple of weeks. But to their defense, they had two pay per views in two weeks. So, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and yeah, real quick to their credit, like I couldn't even imagine like having to book and travel and just be responsible for everything that they've had to do within the past two months. If you really think about it, it's just insane. I mean, granted, they do do it to themselves, but at the same token, ooh, it's not something that I envy either. So uh, no, kudos I, to I them. don't. When you you just take it for granted, ah, oh, they're just they're just there, and you don't think about the logistics of the travel and the fifteen right. hour flights and sitting on a plane. And being dog tired, coming into the hotel and checking in, getting your rental car, going to the gym, like all these things that you just think you just take for granted. Oh, you turn on my screen or I turn on my smartphone. Oh, they're there. I mean, you don't think about what it takes to get there. Like sometimes right. people don't. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely I, I couldn't do it. And, and uh, you know, props to everybody who can and, and the sacrifice that all those men and women make. One last thing. And, and then I'll, I'll shut up. As uh, Mandy Rose and Otis, I know we kind of talked about that, weaving its way into the story of the tag team title match. But as it as a um, isolated storyline with Mandy Rose and Otis this past week, you had Mandy Rose say, you know, I didn't, uh, you know, as a, I didn't like being stood up as a woman or whatever she said. And I'm thinking to myself, uh, you know, do you watch your own show, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, as a performer on a top tier promotion for a wrestling promotion you don't watch your own show or even look glance at social media that if you had just even barely remotely watched your own show or looked at social media you would have known that obviously it wasn't otis otis's fault and he didn't stand you up i mean it so some of the some of that stuff i'm i'm still enjoying the story but it's stuff like that with wwe that sometimes you go come on mandy's not even paying attention to her own product She's just living in a bubble, right? She doesn't know right. she's being televised, and she can't watch the show back to see, wait, what the hell happened? Maybe they got something on Otis, why he stood me up, right? I don't know. Especially with questioning, like, what text, like, she did, like, a couple weeks ago. Like, that right there would have made me would go back and want to watch it. Not for nothing. Like, don't you want to see, like, how you come up on TV? Like, I don't I don't know. Like, maybe, I, I guess, maybe, maybe once you get to a certain point in your career, you don't care to look back at your segment, like, visually to see, but... Just like in the in the common sense world, like you would think that she would look back and see what happened, and and not for nothing, at least 
between then and now, it's been, what, two weeks? Like, she, we really are meant to believe that she, neither of them have actually, like, tried to speak to each other to actually figure out, like, what happened and right. where the miscommunication was. Like, that's my, that's my only gripe right now is, like, I just want them both to acknowledge, like, something weird happened and just, I at least have that, like, come to Jesus and be like, oh, and the light bulb went off, like, hey, something fishy's going on here. Like, hey, how did Dolph know where we were? Like, how did he know when to show up? Like, if you're saying, you like, what text? Like, just things like that is where, like you said, WWE kind of, like, loses me in a sense. It's, it makes me, like, come on, like, really? Like, just a regular human being, like, not for nothing, would want to know, like, oh, okay, well, what was the confusion and, like, where did it stem from, you know, mm-hmm. just as a regular human being. E- so and, yep, that's the yep. part that, like, really, like, eats at me because I want to I want to continue to enjoy this and continue to play along with them. But, like, little things like that is what kind of, like, puts the cracks in, like, my belief. But this is, again, nothing new from WWE. They have just put – they are just – from the moment that I started watching wrestling, and obviously it was, wasn't as obvious. I wasn't watching wrestling with such a keen eye, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. I was just kind of watching it as entertainment and as like whatever. But as I start to actually, you know, get older and do this, especially for a podcast and so forth, you have to really you know, analyze it more than you normally would, you know, watching like a movie or a TV show or whatever. Um, but yeah, WWE has been guilty of this kind of stuff from just you know the onset of of their programming, and you know when you have talk about when you talk about Mandy Rose and, and Otis, you're telling me right. So like they never communicated at all. They only talk when the camera's on. They're like, okay, you guys can continue your conversation or go right. I mean, that's a little bit unbelievable. And with Mandy Rose not wanting to see herself, I mean, like. You know, just a couple months ago, she was handing out magazines backstage about, you know, I'm on muscle and fitness or whatever the hell she was trying to promote. I think she's pretty self-aware and concerned about how she's coming off, not just in magazines, but on television even and more right, so. And they're the first ones to retweet, like, the segments that they're in on yeah. on, on their show. So, like, even yeah. if, if nothing else, you're just retweeting with the segment that just happened that you were in, like, from WWE on Fox. Like, they're, you know, like... You would at least see the a minute and a half clip that you were in, like so. I don't know, like like you said, like things like that is what is like. Come on now, I mean, like yeah. let's just uh, please just some please. of that stuff. And and when you talk about like camera angles that they're guilty of suddenly having, I, I mean, like it's not just those storyline holes. It's it's really the camera angles to me is is more egregious where they have cameras where they shouldn't like when shane mcmahon's head went through a window a couple years ago that suddenly there's a live feed in the vehicle that was pointing exactly where shane mcmahon's head was going to go through or when uh, roman reigns got attacked over the summer and they showed that four hundred thousand times and suddenly there's a camera exactly where the crates were falling down and the scaffolding was falling down or even honestly i didn't even know this until it was replayed during the Super Bowl or, or around Super Bowl time in WWE when Mankind and The Rock had their halftime empty arena match and Mick Foley ended up uh, using the forklift to pin The Rock with there was a camera angle 
pointing down to the rock as no. he was being pinned. Oh, yeah. So no. WWE has no been guilty of this for 20 years. I mean, so when I looked at that, I go, are you freaking kidding me? Like, you're telling me there's a camera in the forklift that mankind just happened to use that, you know, was going to be the finish of the match that positioned perfectly. I mean, so like WWE has been guilty of this forever and they, they clearly don't give a damn. But uh, I don't know. It's that kind of that annoys me even more. Yeah, it's just like sometimes less is more, you know, like we don't have to see everything. I don't need to see Shane McMahon's head like after it was he was thrown through the limb. I don't need to see stuff like that. Like I get it, you know, like I know what's being happening, like what's being done to him. I don't need to see it, you know, like just let us wonder. <laughs> you don't you don't have to catch and capture everything. But to them, the camera angle and the what they can use that for in the promos and and, uh, you know, just shocking TV is is a bigger benefit than people like us who go that. Why the hell? How is there a camera there? But that takes if you're even a, a, a half, you know, uh, intelligent human being, you'd go, how is there a camera there? I mean, without actually knowing transparently that this is a pre-planned show, which if it was, then you would be like, oh, well, yeah, well, I would put a camera there so that it'd be the best shot. But they don't care. They just go, what's the best shot that, you know, and we'll, uh, those people, uh, we don't care. You know, they'll, they'll still watch. And, you know, the rest of us that the, the rest of the mindless drones aren't even going to think about it. I mean, you have to think that way in order not to care. Uh, I don't know. Like, that was such a turnoff for me. That whole thing with Shane and, and AJ Styles that year, what, three years ago, whatever it was. So, yeah, yeah I think it was. <laughs> God. All right. Well, anyway, uh, we were, we ended on a positive note and then switched to the pet peeves of WWE production. Um, but. Uh, is there anything else that I missed? I don't know if I, I think I touched on everything, but you know, obviously this, yeah. the pay-per-view is not covering everything, but I'm pretty sure that's everything elimination chamber wise. I'm yeah. Pretty sure yeah. we covered everything. I, no, I, all the matches are there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if under, do you think Undertaker's going to show? Show up at the elimination chamber? Yeah. No, I don't. All right, so like, yes and no. As as we were referencing earlier, with there being no quote unquote top star, I could see them having him make a surprise appearance to kind of like treat everyone in attendance type thing. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if he did, but I don't think so. I think they're gonna have AJ go over clean and then Kamal brag on Monday Night Raw, and then that's when he shows up. So yeah, if not. Immediately on the 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 raw filing elimination chamber, then the following week. But yeah, and I don't think he'll show up tomorrow. Yeah, because I don't think he's done enough to provoke. And he doesn't really need to, because he's already like established. He already did the choke slam thing. Like he's already did his part essentially. Now it's just AJ bragging and just pretty much like making fun of Taker, whatever he's gonna do, just to call him out and then go from there. So I don't I don't think it'll be tomorrow. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do it. I would just give AJ some credibility back after that just, just silly booking on, on uh, Super Showdown. Get him back into the good graces of, of at least uh, the, the hardcore fans. Get him back credible. Get him back threatening to possibly beat Undertaker at WrestleMania, although that's not going to happen anyway. I, I just very, very highly doubt it. It's the perfect combination for Taker at this point in his career, though. If you're going to have a guy carry a match and that, you know, is, is basically the anti-Goldberg of in-ring style to to do the heavy lifting where you can just sell, the, you know, you just sell for that guy and carry 90% of the match because you're super limited, AJ Styles is the perfect candidate. I oh, mean, for the, sure. He is the... 
the ultimate candidate for Undertaker to have at He's least your a Shawn Michaels for match. this generation. Exactly. You know. Yep. 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 So smart on Taker's part if he's going to continue. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, uh, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on here. You have pumped me up for uh, the Elimination Chamber, and you've also got me re-angered about WWE production <laughs> and the things that they do. And do not go back and watch Mankind and the Rock in, in what, 99 or where the empty arena match was. It, it When I saw that, I go, no. Oh, like, so now I kind of uh, want to, though. It's like it, that, that accident. It's like you have to look, but you don't want to type of thing. Like, yeah. I, I kind of have to see it now. It, it it was it was very depressing. I mean, in '99, I was what 14 years old. So at the time, I was like, "Oh, this is kind of cool." Well, he's using a forklift. And at 35, I'm like, the, "That doesn't make any sense." So it just takes me out of the moment instantly when they do that stuff. Um, but all right, so Ashley, let everyone know where they can find you if they want to tweet at you during Elimination Chamber or at any other time. Yeah, um, feel free to give me a follow. I am at a s h m a n n s. Very good, and we will be talking. Hang, on, I'll get the date because I always forget as I pull up my calendar here. So it would be one. So it'd be March twenty eighth. So is that right? Yeah, March twenty eighth. Yeah, so that would be okay because WrestleMania is it's, um, April fifth. So all right, well yeah, so we'll be talking the week before WrestleMania. Um, yeah. So that'll be <laughs> very interesting to see exactly what the full card is. It come three weeks from now, I would assume that we'll be having the full card probably in a week or two. So I'm looking forward to it, and I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Have a good night. You too. Take care. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to WWEPodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.